Welcome to the Zucchini Warriors, a Gordon Corman podcast. We are your hosts, Shira and Asher. And welcome back, Zucchini Nation. Oh, we're back. It was a dark time in Zucchini land uh, for over 100 days, according to reports on Twitter. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Uh, we didn't realize you were literally counting the days since the last podcast, but uh, we did hit that century mark, <laughs> 100 <laughs> days. <laughs> Quite an achievement. But listen, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes in terms of the Zucchini HQ, uh, relocated. Big we, changes, big, big changes. Uh, we, you know, there was a mystery benefactor who used to go to our school that played football in the CFL and NFL, gave us a bunch of money to build a new <laughs> HQ, but wanted, uh, insisted on having a zucchini kitchen in it and, uh, you know, all these things. So now we didn't uh, want the zucchini kitchen. So we were going to yeah. turn down the HQ. Yeah. Turns out he hated zucchinis anyway. And, uh, uh now we got spiral staircase, I think. And, uh, <laughs> a spiral staircase. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually what happened is we both moved. I yeah. moved to a different province. Ashi moved to a different suburb. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And now, and he got a dog. There's a dog on my lap as we speak. So the dog's in the mix. Uh, yeah. first time we've had a third <laughs> co-host, which is pretty It's exciting. true. And he didn't even donate to the GoFundMe. So I don't know what he's doing yeah. here. He better not try and chime in. He didn't read the book as far as I know. I don't think so. Although he got, he like made pawing motions when I was reading the book. Oh, well, that's something. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so we just been real busy and we haven't been able to record. So sorry about that. Hopefully it won't be another hundred days before the next one, but we're here now. Yeah, we're here now. And I think we like remembered that we like doing this. So we'll do it again sooner than it took this time. I, I think in my, in, that's how I feel about it. We might not like it this time. Oh yeah. We might hate it. We don't know. We just started. No, no, We just started. Um, no clue actually. So that's what we've been up to. Um, but always in our hearts and minds have been the zucchini warriors. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've been thinking about Gordon every day and, mm -hmm. uh, hope he's having a great 2021. <laughs> Amen. Um, so speaking of Gordon, the book on tap for today, don't care high. I don't even think I knew this book existed. That's how unfamiliar I was with this book. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I knew just it existed from like the list of books on the first page of like oh, right. books or a list of books. And I'm like, oh, there's a book. I've never read it or like seen it anywhere. Um, so yeah, so I, I knew just about zero as well. Yeah. And, the, but then when I looked up the cover because we were reading it online, so we didn't have access to the cover and you know how we feel about covers. Yeah. We got a lot of feelings about them. So I looked at the cover and I did recognize the cover and 
I remembered it because I've always thought it was such a crazy cover. Do you know what it is? is I looked, I saw one cover. I wonder if it was the same uh, version you saw. The one I saw was like a guy lying on a desk in yep. like, sort of like a George Costanza type pose. That's the one. Yeah. And the tagline is, does uh, the tagline like also really doesn't, is very yeah, bad. Does not make sense. <laughs> something about like things liven up when Paul gets there, something which is like, yeah, when Paul like runs the school or something, which is like really like not what happens not what in the happens. book at all, and not part of like the mood of the book. Nothing about it makes sense. The the that's really the mood that I feel like the cover is like low key. I don't know. He's doing a kind of like provocative, sexy pose, but he's also just like a student in the high school and he's like on the desk and it really is not at all who Paul yeah is. he's like posing like zach morris would have posed if right. he, there was a book about him yes perfectly put which is not what paul not is what like paul at is all like. or it's not at all like does not capture as you say the mood of the book whatsoever no. No. um so definitely weird definitely yeah weird. super weird i wonder if that was the main uh cover version that or was the first edition from first what edition? I yeah um i know we got a uh, uh gordon corman cover enthusiast on twitter that that's true all the uh covers so maybe you can let us know if yeah this was like the one you would have seen out in the wild for the most part or if they updated the cover at some point yeah. i definitely think this is the one that i saw in like the school library like that's the bell it rung for me Oh, wow. Nice. Like explains why I didn't read it because <laughs> it's like a weird vibe for yeah. the cover. Anyway, um, but yeah, as usual, we have refrained from discussing the book with each other. And given that we hadn't, neither of us had read it before, we really don't know what the other guy thinks. Yeah, sure is always really good at hiding what she thinks. I always try and get something out of her in advance. But even when she never gives it to me, but I can usually kind of just tell because I know what she mm -hmm. likes to some extent and what she doesn't like. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say, this is very honest, this is the first time I truly have zero idea. <laughs> you could have hated it with all your heart or it could be your favorite book. Neither would surprise me. It's probably somewhere in between, just law of averages, but mm -hmm. I have no clue. So I'm super curious. Wow. So like Bugs Potter, I knew that you kind of knew that I yeah. didn't like either of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, should I tell you or should I let it unfold organically? Uh, I think let's let it unfold organically. And then if, let's let's start with letting it unfold. Okay. Because like, yeah. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, as they say. <laughs> oh, I hope we're uh, going to get a lot more of those gems as we... <laughs> <laughs> Board. All right, well, let's let's get into the book. Okay. Our first segment is Sydney Ramplotsky, where we give a plot summary of the book. A brief, hear that, Ashy? A brief plot summary of the book. Sydney Ramplotsky, he's a hell of a guy. Oh, I like that. That's so sweet. Yeah, maybe should have had like a more of a resolution at then, but I was imagining him like jumping in the air and then like freeze frames at the at the height of the jump. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, obviously, for our new listeners, that's a reference to Sidney Rampolsky, uh, character from the McDonald Hall series, but presumably you all knew that. 
I hate to break this to you. There's no chance we have new. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be entirely sure based on, uh, I, uh, I recently told some of my colleagues about the oh, podcast that's right. that's against my better judgment. Um, <laughs> so hopefully they're not listening, but if they are, <laughs> you guys are great. Yes, welcome if you're new, I guess I should have said. But if you are new, make sure you hit the, the uh, first season where we go through McDonald Hall, which is really, I think, um, we're going through the golden age of Corman, but that might be the golden age of the pod. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Basically, you're saying it's all downhill from here. No, I'm just saying I look back on it with like the nostalgic fondness. Yeah, well, we did, we knew those books like backwards yeah. and forwards. So probably the quality of our, you know, analysis is maybe slightly higher. Yeah, it's sort of where it's a different thing, right? That was like, yeah, very nostalgic. We had thought about those books for like 20 years, but mm. now it's like we're coming fresh and these are our impressions. So it's yeah. just different. It's just, just different. different. Yeah. yeah, so stop complaining, everyone. Yeah, stop writing this terrible review. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, okay. don't forget to, uh, to uh, like and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Kick, us off. Kick us off. Yeah, so... Uh, so as we sort of did for the bug potters, we're not going to get into as did you say bug, bug potter? Bug potter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's uh, like you were doing the plural of bugs potters, and instead instead of adding an s, you dropped an s. I dro- yeah, there's too many s's to keep track yeah, of. Bug potters is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so All right, take um, it again. Go again. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, if you remember our plot summaries from the Bugs Potters <laughs> um, books, we tried to like slim it down a little bit compared to like going line by line like we did for previous books. So despite how I'm going to do maybe this very beginning, it'll be a lot briefer and we'll just sort of discuss more generally. Um, okay, so here we go. So we're introduced to Paul. He's new to Don Carey High in New York City. He's coming from Saskatoon in Saskatchewan. I already want to pause you because I already have a, something to say. Yeah. So so when this when I first read this book was set in New York, I was like, well, what the hell? The we come to Gordon Corman for some Canadian mm-hmm. content, some CanCon. Mm-hmm. And then I read that he was from Saskatoon and I was like, whoa. So we do get some canned content. And then I was thinking, and this isn't particularly interesting, but it is just something I thought, you know, GK went to NYU. Right. Cool. I was wondering, this is probably around that time, right? I I believe if my internet research is correct, he wrote this when he was 22. So it must have been NYU at the time. NYU had just graduated. So this is like him expressing his feelings about having moved from Canada to Big Apple. I like that a lot. I also just thought of this is sort of the inverse Dave Jackson is what Paul is dealing oh, with. Yep. It's like 100%. an American comes to a little Canadian town and is like, these people are nuts. And here it's like, Paul is coming from a Canadian town to a big US city. And mm-hmm. it's like, these people are nuts. Yep. Uh, anyway, so here we go. One I'm sentence in. Water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Paul quickly sees that the students like don't do any work or not interested in anything. The teachers don't really care about anything either. They're like a mix of acceptance, exasperation, and frustration. 
And basically nobody cares is the point of the school. They're all sort of just like, I don't even know the right word for it. Like they're not robots, but they're like. Extremely apathetic. Yeah. Apathy to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Like beyond anything you've ever seen. So I just, because there's like so many sort of examples of this near the start of the book, I just am going to like read one section of it to kind of pinpoint what we're talking about. Love that. Uh, which I thought this was, so this is right on the first page of the book. Um, and I think it's pretty funny. Uh, the, so the teacher, the home run homeroom teacher slash a guidance teacher, Mr. Morrison is just uh, asking them to like show, asking the students to show him their schedules. So like, or their, you know, their timetables. So something very, very simple. And these are some of the responses that the students have to him. So the first says uh, that they don't have a schedule or that they didn't know they needed it. And the teacher says, how are you going to know what classes to go to if you don't have a schedule? And they respond, I figured I just sort of wing it. And the second person doesn't have one either. The third person doesn't have one either. The fourth person's in the wrong homeroom. Then the teacher asks someone else, what kind of schedule is this? You're supposed to have six classes and a lunch. You have six lunches in a class. And Boeing responds, yeah, that's pretty good. And then <laughs> Mr. Morrison says to the next person, you have no lunch at all. And you're going to the same Spanish class five times a day. You've had this for at least a month. Why didn't you check it over? And the kid's like, maybe I didn't notice. And then the next person, uh, the, the girl says, mine's blank. Uh, so, you know, right from first day of school onwards, these kids are... Uh, they they know where they're at and so it's no surprise that everyone calls it don't care high instead of don't carry high yeah, uh, so paul, yeah so uh i think the next day or maybe the same day paul's uh everyone has to present an autobiography a little bit about them paul's the only one that really does it and he says he has ambition and then he gets cut off and people can't believe he has any ambition <laughs> And so this guy named Sheldon introduces himself to Paul and he calls Paul ambition. And that's sort of his nickname for Paul for the rest of the book. Uh, but Sheldon is friendly to Paul and kind of takes him under his wing and shows him around. He tells Paul how, you know, nobody cares at all in the school. Uh, we meet a guy named Wayno, who <laughs> one of the best names in the business. Uh, uh, it's like it's Wayne dash O. Yeah. No reason for it not to be Wayne. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and we learned that he uh, only comes, he's always late for every class, he usually just comes with a few minutes left in class, and that teachers kind of just accept it. Uh, there's just like a variety of pretty funny exchanges in the classes. Uh, there's one about when they try to play a name game in geography. Uh, that leads to some funny lines. Uh, I would, I just wrote a note here that it's kind of a different style of humor sort of to some of the earlier books mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I don't know if I'll be able to articulate. I mean, I guess maybe it'll be a little bit more grown up, but also more like zingers and like funny, like, I don't know, actually, I can't exactly explain it well. So I don't know why I wrote that note, but it's just like, you can tell that it's not from the same time frame that he wrote in the McDonald Hall books, for example. Yeah, I think that's true. Like there are more zingers, but it's also like in the McDonald Hall books, it's a lot of like guys staying, saying funny stuff in like crowd scenes mm -hmm. or whatever. And in this, it's sort of like the jokes are more embedded. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's like more up to like you as the reader to know that it's funny. 
Yeah, I a bit agree. more sophisticated. Yeah, more sophisticated, and yeah, exactly. Some of the some of the funnier lines are like not lines people say. It's like yes. what the author is writing. Right. Uh, whereas in the McDonald Hall ones, it's like almost always the funniest stuff is something someone said. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you agree with that. Can uh, I say one more thing about yeah. um, just the examples of like how it's don't care high? Because mm-hmm. uh, my favorite one was because um, like in addition, the school is just like kind of run down and mm-hmm. it's just like just nobody cares about anything. Mm-hmm. And so Paul sees like posters on the bulletin boards that are from 1940. Uh, yeah. like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, like it's the almost... hallways aren't like really lit. It's just like everything's like awful. <laughs> yeah, like I was as I was reading it, I, it was like even though it was very funny, it was like sort of a dystopian future. I was picturing yeah. like the something has happened in the world that has like caused all these or this school to just like yeah, basically just be destroyed and have any caring or feeling like eradicated entirely yeah. I, was, I was like picturing it like a sort of a sci-fi dystopian world yeah it does have a bit of a sci-fi flavor to it because like we learned that sheldon has only been there for like a year and a half or something mm-hmm. so it's like not as apathetic as the other people but it like mm-hmm. slowly gets to him like he like can't remember certain things and then he like notices that he like can't remember them yeah it seemed like there's like a quality of being at don't care high that does like get in your system and that does seem like a a sci-fi sort of like there would be a sci-fi explanation for why this yeah exactly yeah yeah that's how i felt but it's not a sci-fi but (laughs) at the start that's what it 100 feels like yeah so we also meet uh or paul meets feldstein who's uh the locker baron so this guy is like in charge of the lockers at school he's a student as well um so he gives out lockers in return for for future favors uh, which we find out later, all the favors are involve food of some kind. Very specific food. Yeah, yeah. And we also hear throughout the course of the book, uh, the principal who makes announcements over the PA, but that's his only job. No one even knows his name, or at least it's never said. And uh, the announcements are really funny. Oh, uh, yeah like the probably the funniest parts of the book are his announcements. Yeah. Um, but it's also like interesting that in a school where nobody cares about anything, the principal like probably cares the least. He only cares about like performing basically these right. announcements, but not running the school in any way, shape or form. Nobody ever meets with him. Doesn't like, you know, do anything except make well, these announcements. It's really like um, the book is an indictment of, Mm-hmm. or it's really like about leadership it's like under the under a good leader or like if there's a sense of leadership a lot can happen right but if there right. isn't then nothing <laughs> happens and it seems like the print like it starts at the top with this guy but yeah the announcements are so funny and they're just like they're always about uh if you haven't read the book they're always about like what could be happening at the school, but like there's no volunteers or then like no one signed up or there's like no one raised any money. So it's not happening. So like <laughs> yeah. we, We've been invited to the academic decathlon, but due to a lack of signups, we've been like, we can no longer go or I don't know. It's like cleverer than that, but it's like basically just like yeah. what you would imagine would be announced, but it's just an announcement about how it's not happening. Yeah. It's, there's some really funny ones in there. 
Sheldon tells Paul about how there's a highway that like covers some of the football field at the school. Um, basically just, you know, all this stuff is happening that is shows that the school is just the weirdest place ever. Uh, so Paul's like, doesn't really accept that this needs to be this way. He says they need someone representing their interests. And so Sheldon tells him to run for student body president. Uh, there hasn't been a nomination for student body president since 1954, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> Paul says it's a you know a second day at school and he doesn't, not really that type of guy. Um, and then as he's saying that, they notice this other guy who's uh, got safety pins on his pants and wears a big raincoat, has slicked back hair. I think they describe him as kind of looking like a weasel. Yeah, I wrote uh, that down. There's a classic <laughs> Corman. Uh, this guy's a weird looking guy. We'll just say he has a weasel-like appearance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Sheldon says they should make that guy president uh, without that guy even knowing that he's president. So they try to talk to him. He, the guy doesn't really speak. He's very quiet and just sort of leaves nobody seems to even know his name that they can figure out they ask feldstein who he is and uh they know that he is locker 205 c and feldstein says he hates that guy because once upon a time he was trying to get the entire 200 c series of lockers which are the most valuable in the school and he managed to get all of them except 205 c because this guy wouldn't give it up to him and, uh, but he reveals that the guy's name is Mike Otis, uh, which his name is like very close to a family friend of ours growing up. So that's, or still currently as well. Uh, so that's all I could really think of was that friend. Oh, of really? Ours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so Paul and Sheldon start getting sig the signatures required to nominate Mike. So it's easy because nobody cares enough to say no, basically to get those signatures. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mike has no idea this is happening. And the vice principal, who's sort of like the antagonist of the book to the degree that there is one, Mr. Gamble, says uh, it's got to be a hoax because he knows Mike and there's no way he would run. But uh, Mr. Morrison, the guidance counselor, who's like looking for any signs of students caring, is like so excited that there's a nomination that he says we're accepting this. Mike's officially running. Uh, so he's announced as president since nobody else runs. <laughs> it's like, seems like Mike barely knows. And if he does know, he definitely does not care. Um, he's still like only saying one word to people at most. And so Sheldon and Paul want to like find out a little bit more about who this mystery Mike guy is. So they follow him. Uh, Mike has like a really weird car. And I didn't really understand that part, but he's got a very strange car. And so yeah, they go like follow him. And it's like got like a fancy hood ornament. There's basically like, it's like a one of a kind. Yeah. 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 So anyway, they go follow him, but then he like enters some garage and they lose track of him. Yeah. Um, so they decide they like need to know more about Mike. So Sheldon steals Mike's records from the school um well crime watch alert he steals mm. the records from the school uh, <laughs> so they try first they they're like let's call him and like this whole part i like didn't really understand like what are you gonna say when you get him on the phone? <laughs> anyway, they try to call the phone number uh oh. records but it's not in service oh there's our third co-host did you <laughs> yeah. um he also didn't like this part <laughs> <laughs> 
then they they try to look up the address that's listed to see like where he lives that address doesn't exist um then they try to look up the town where he was born and that also doesn't exist and it's kind of like oh is there more to this mike guy that meets the eye like why are all his records false you know um so then sheldon decides that they like need to start drumming up support for mike in the school so he starts like spreading all these kind of rumors to give Mike credit for things that are going right at the school. Um, He tries to like get people to pass it along. So like there's new mirrors installed in the bathrooms. um, And he like tells people like, oh yeah, Mike did that. He's such a great president. Mike spread it around. Mike, Mike's got us new mirrors. He fixed up the bathrooms. And then they like kind of like this idea. They sort of see it's working. So uh, to help that effort along, you know, they're going to start a school newspaper because what book is complete without a school newspaper and they call it the otis report which is a little crazy like it probably should be called like the don carey report anyway (laughs) (laughs) and basically the it's like this the the, paul and sheldon write this newspaper that basically just gives mike credit for everything that's happening at the school like all these different repair projects they're like mike did it and it kind of like um it's just like the whole newspaper is just like propaganda for mike otis essentially and then um, they spread it around the school. I think they're, are they on like rollerblades or something insane for no they're reason? They're on rollerblades wearing masks when they distribute right. the report. Right. Totally. Like uh, <laughs> the opening of Mighty Ducks 2. Is Very similar. D2, sorry. Yeah, D2. D2. Um, why are they wearing masks? COVID friendly or? I think they don't want to be get in trouble for doing it. Oh, right. Yep. Okay, makes sense. So anyways, uh, it's a good tip. If you want to um, spread around a uh, underground newspaper, you should get some rollerblades and, uh, and a mask. Yeah. So the admin get uh, the administration get upset um, because obviously uh, this newspaper says Mike is responsible for all these things that he's definitely not responsible for. And so they say Mike cannot be president anymore. They strip him of his crown. And this kind of stirs some low-key outrage among the students because they're like, hang on a minute. Mike's the guy who got us new mirrors in the bathroom. And like now they're saying he can't be president. So there's like low-key rumblings, which kind of freaks everyone out because like nobody cares about anything. Mm -hmm. So that's not like no announcement should ever cause any kind of rumblings, Uh, but it does. And Paul and Sheldon get excited that people are showing interest and that they care about this. So they start to kind of fan the flames and they're like, are excited that students are getting interested in the school. Tell them, Louie. So all the students start putting up like banners and posters in protest with like all these slogans about like, we're with you, Mike, like reinstate Mike, all this stuff. Um, And by the way, throughout all of this, Mike Otis is just like kind of confused like and just keeps saying like i don't know what this is about like i don't i don't know what you guys are doing yeah like his catchphrase is something like there are things about this school i don't understand right exactly like he's not mad but he's just kind of like you can tell he just wants to be left alone a little bit oh yeah like he doesn't like that this is happening he definitely doesn't understand why it's happening to him (laughs) So. Then the administration says, uh, like, no one can post anything anymore or they'll be suspended. And they take down all the banners and posters uh, and they burn them. 
Oh yeah. I forgot that they burned them. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they hate Mike. They hate Mike. <laughs> so yeah, like the more they do sort of the more riled up the students get. Right. Right. Yeah. And the more excited and then like invested in this Paul and Sheldon get, cause they're so excited that people are excited. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then Sheldon and, uh, Paul want to, again, like learn more about Mike. So they follow him and they find where he lives and they spy on him from the fire escape, I think. And they see he's just got like a very normal family, like kind of classic TV family. Yeah. Uh, so just even more confusing that Mike kind of is the way he is. Um, they also get wind that Mike is going to fail a science class or physics, I think. Yeah. Um so they decide they they'll get the whole school to help make make a science project for Mike so that he uh, doesn't fail. So they start rallying support and everyone's super into helping. And it's going to be about uh, the sewer system, which makes sense because the school is named after Don Carey, who had something to do with the sewers that I can't. I don't remember. remember. Yeah, I, um, that was like his big achievement was yeah. sewers in New York City sewer king of new york yeah yeah um so anyway so as they're doing this <clears throat> feldstein starts to hate mike uh partially because of locker 205c so i guess he's got history there right and also just people are like don't need him as much and don't need lots so don't need like lockers as much because of their focus on helping mike so he starts yeah. he is that about right yeah so starts, it's like like they used to only care about lockers because they cared about yeah <laughs> right 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 they care about all this other stuff so no <laughs> about lockers anymore so it's yeah. business basically exactly so he starts banning lockers from being used for the project uh which causes interest to wane for a certain like a little bit of time but at some point, Wayno finds a loophole through using, uh, through storing the storage items in the school in lockers so that they can store the science project stuff in those storerooms. So that kind of perks people up again. And they do the project. And uh, Mike doesn't really know or care about much of this, but his project ends up making it to the citywide science fair. So Paul and Sheldon are excited for this and they think uh, this would be a great opportunity to, you know, rally support for Mike. So all they would want, so they tell like all the students to come out to the science fair and support Mike. And they're just like begging Mike to even show up. <laughs> he like sort of agrees to. So eventually he shows up uh, and the ju one judge like asks him, like, did you do this? And Mike's like, no. So, <laughs> so they disqualify him, which leads to a riot basically at the science fair with the don't care high students just like trashing the place, I think. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because like in the McDonald Hall books, so we always like the riots were like key scenes, not always, but oftentimes they would be like, like intricate descriptions of what's happening in the mm -hmm. riot. And I think and with this and spoiler alert, there's another riot coming up. It's like just cuts immediately to like a report about the riot. Like there'll be an announcement being like, given that all science projects were destroyed, we are now banned from the science. Yeah, you exactly. Know? There's no, yeah, there's no actual description of while it's happening. It's just an after. That's very interesting. 
Very true. We don't get, we're not in on the action. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, so um, now Paul and Sheldon pivot um, because the science fair is over. So they need like something else to, to drum up interest to like keep people invested. And so they'd start telling people that Mike really loves basketball. <laughs> so they get up like a bunch of um, girls to try out for the, for the school's women's basketball team. And they get a huge crowd to go for, a, is it a tournament or a game? I can't remember. A, a game. A game, yeah. yeah. And, and again, like, keep in mind, Don't Care High never fields a team for anything. Um, so like the other school isn't even expecting anyone to show up, basically. But they do field a team and they, uh, or court a team, even that's basketball. <laughs> and they, uh, <laughs> and they, they're like the whole school shows up to watch, um, even though it's an away game. So there's just like a massive, massive crowd. Um, and the basketball game is narrated pretty uh, in a lot of detail. But anyway, mm -hmm. Don, uh, Don Carey High ends up winning uh, with a buzzer beater. And the crowd goes absolutely nuts. And there is another riot. <laughs> um, but still, despite the, this uh, success, the, um, the faculty will not reinstate Mike. So Paul develops this uh, new strategy where basically at the start of every class, people will just stand up and say politely, like that they're registering a complaint, basically. They're like, hey, you know, we as students just really think that Mike should be reinstated as president. Uh, we appreciate you listening sort of thing. And then they sit down. Um, so it's like a great strategy because it's like very polite and respectful and kind of like restrained. But every class throughout the entire day, someone does it before the class starts and they feel like they're going to like wear down um, the administration by doing this. And then they also decide uh, to move things along. They're going to have a rally before the school. Um, and then someone, I forget who has the idea that they're all going to dress up like Mike. And then they yeah. all just like, as a group, like list the things that they would all do. And everyone's like, oh yeah, grease back hair. Yep. Trench coat. Oh yeah. Black dress <laughs> shoes for sure. Safety pins and pants. You know it. Um, cause he, Mike's a weird dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. but, but anyway, so then they, they have this like rally where everyone's just dressed like a weird guy. Um, but, uh, they're all looking the same anyway. And then finally, like the, is it the, the vice principals? Like, all right, Mike can be president again. Yeah. And also that there's sort of during that time, Paul and Sheldon get locker 205C for Feldstein. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because, um, Paul, like couldn't get, so like Paul is finally told what his favor is going to be for Feldstein, giving him a locker and it's like, get a mango. And Paul, like for some reason, doesn't even know what a mango is. Like maybe they don't have them in Saskatoon. Um, so he's like, I can't do it. And everyone knows, like, you don't you just like bring <laughs> Feldstein something else. He's like, I got the one thing I can bring him. Yeah. 205C. Yeah, that's a nice little, uh, a nice little moment. So then, then peace is made between uh, Feldstein and, and Mike Otis. Um, so then, so Mike is president again, and everyone's like, so thrilled that they've won but then mike pretty much immediately tells paul that he's moving he's moving away and everyone's like oh no and you would think at this point they would be like why didn't he tell us this before we had like a three months long campaign <laughs> to get him reinstated why would he run for student council president at all if he is moving away but no one seems to care that much they're not mad at mike that's for sure 
Yeah. So uh, they decide like there's only one thing to do, and it's to throw him a rocking going away party. And essentially, they have a really fun party, and they live it up. Just some teenagers in New York City. In the in the school gym, right? Or at least it starts there. Yeah, it starts there, but then it's like sort of they spill out into the night, and they all have yeah. They like someone, someone graffitis like a billboard that says like something about like good luck, Mike, or something like that. Like they're just like Mm -hmm. they take they take to the town. They definitely take to the town. Yes, and that's uh, and that's basically basically how it ends. Yeah, and then I just wanted to point out there's like kind of throughout this there's some kind of like half-hearted side plots i would call them just like things that happen that don't didn't really make an impact on me i guess which we can talk about later but the plot or the plot yeah i think that is for sure that they do not impact the plot whatsoever so i'll just point reveal character so some (laughs) might wonder why are they in the book at all but maybe yeah, that's yeah <laughs> okay so I, I maybe i missed him i just tried to write him down from memory here but i have sheldon making paul try various new york city foods which sheldon has a tough time stomaching no paul has a tough time stomaching sorry sorry yeah, yeah. paul has yep. a tough time stomaching yep um paul's auntie nancy that his mom is always having to help she's got a crisis after crisis to deal with and is the one that convinced them to move to new york in the first place uh one that i like i think completely missed while i was reading uh paul's dad teaching paul to drive that's that's when i think of a plot a side (laughs) plot that does not matter less and clearly should have been cut out of the book it's paul learning how to drive yeah And then the last one I have is Paul watching like various weirdos in the building across the street that he has like different names for. Yep. Yeah. So none of those lead anywhere or have any relevance or really are like funny or I don't know. It's oh, there's also the New York City garbage strike. Oh yeah, the garbage strike. So like again, you like it feels like oh like where is this all leading? There's gonna be something with the garbage, and then like Paul's gonna have to drive or like something. But like no, none of that happens. Yeah, because Gordon Corman's the king of combining all side plots into one final giant climax. You think think he's just like trolling his readers? He's like, I know that you all think that this somewhere, but it 100 (laughs) is not. It's the only explanation because I can't imagine either him or his editor being like. Yeah, keep the Paul driving stuff. <laughs> it's it's so weird. It's like the first time M Night Shyamalan like didn't put a twist in a movie just to like oh, uh-huh. like see. I don't always have to put a twist in. It's like then the same thing. Like, but why? But it's, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, I don't know. So that was well. We can talk about that more in the ratings. But it was yeah. These are all things that you may have missed if you read the book or just not like entered your brain and immediately exited because they didn't mean anything mm, could not have meant less yeah but anyway that that is how the book ends sort of with like sheldon and paul the next day after the party like being satisfied and happy right and that's that all right that, yeah don't care hi don't care about it just kidding i kind of liked it Okay, that's the segment. <laughs> okay, time for our next segment. 
Crime Watch. <laughs> I think I said it wrong. I don't think it, whatever I said, I don't think it's called that. That was just a, okay. a problem with the old delivery system. <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, this is Crime Watch, <laughs> a segment where we talk about low-key crimes that are committed in the book. Uh, well, oh no, <laughs> I was going to do something about, well, I'll just do it. I think I've done this before, but <laughs> hey man, check out this watch. Oh, some great settings there. This one. Yeah, it's set to crime. Yeah, I've I think I've definitely old, done old faithful. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a disaster, and there's so many more jingles to go. Uh, got a lot more. Um, okay, well, I, I this was a tricky one. I'm glad you pointed out the stealing the, the records. Yeah, one, I feel like that's illegal because I feel like nothing is like super legal or but like probably not quite illegal, just in for like everything they do. Mm. I don't know, like nominating Mike again without him knowing it's not illegal, but it's. I was like, is it fraud? It's not fraud. Like they wouldn't actually be charged with this, but it's like low key is fraud if they're like forging his signature or like, I don't know if they actually do forge a signature, but like they do pretend to be him on in writing a mm. little bit. Mm, and they yeah. like deliver they like make signs that sign his name and they like deliver messages on his behalf like they make speeches saying like mike has sent this message so i don't know like impersonation yeah so it's fraud with some question marks yeah it'd be tough wouldn't hold up in court maybe but people well they could be like definitely uh punished in like within the school's yeah. system of punishments I also feel like they low-key stalk him at certain points. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, there's also, I guess, at the party, I don't also don't know if this is where this fits le legality-wise, but Mr. Morrison is like hammered at a party with like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, like high school kids and he's like a chaperone. Yeah, that's not, probably not great. Wasted. <laughs> um so that could be something there's also the the two riots science fair riot and the basketball riot yeah. there's like a lot of property destruction yeah true but it's like true. overall i feel like the the biggest crime is like obviously that they are like kind of harassing mike yeah again okay. not sure what to call but it's like clear that they are messing up his life in a way that he doesn't like yeah, he certainly would be happier to not have had any of this happen to him, I would imagine. Yeah. You never get the impression, like, towards the end that Mike's, like, all right, like, for the good of the school or for, like, my growth, I'm going to, like, embrace this. He never embraces it. Right. Which is also, it's also interesting because, like, there is that whole part about, like, who is this Mike guy? Like, why does he have such a crazy car? Why are all his records fake? And then it just, like, the answer is like, we don't really know. He's just a weird guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. there's no like additional layer to Mike to uncover. And that's like on purpose. That's like mm -hmm. something Paul discovers. It's just like, no, nope, he's just like kind of a quirky dude. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of cool. Sort yeah, of. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Crime Watch, I guess. 
Yeah, watch out for that crime. Always do. Time for Bruno and Boots, where we talk about all the characters in the book who are like Bruno and Boots, who are not Bruno and Boots. Bruno, Bruno and Boots, Bruno, Bruno and Boots. What's that? The uh, tune on two? Like, what's the actual jingle that's like that? Is it ch-ch-ch-chia? No. It's something. It's something. Oh, this is... Oh, this someone is... better write in and tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's definitely send, something. Uh, send mail care of zucchini, <laughs> but um, please address it to Ashy's new address. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't tell you. That's fine. It's probably not important to our listeners. Can we shazam? Are you able to shazam just singing a tune? I wonder. Uh, I mean, the answer is obviously no, but it would be fun to try that. Yeah, we'll do that off air. Don't worry, folks. We're going to stop talking about this now. (laughs) Um, All right. So here's what I've got for Bruno and Boots. Sheldon, potentially somewhat of a Bruno. Yep. Impulsive. He has a lot of ideas. He doesn't care too much about consequences. Mm-hmm. He's like easily excitable, kind of wants to make things happen. Yeah, he's propulsive to the plot. Wow. Is that he's the smartest sense? guy? <laughs> Propulsive to the plot. Are you kidding me? That just popped in right now. I swear. Oh, come on. I swear. Come I'll on. show you my notes after. <laughs> That's unbelievable. What are you doing wasting your time on the Zucchini Warriors podcast oh, when no. you've got stuff like that? Do not know. Get me on NPR immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And Paul, bit of a boot, mm-hmm. bit hesitant, bit more anxious yeah he like worries at night like you got some scenes of him like worrying about the stuff they're doing and like having trouble sleeping as a result yeah but that's about all i had i mean i think like they're not as good a match as others who are obviously Mm -hmm. like a one-to-one bruno and boots but Mm -hmm. if you know about the archetypes you could definitely see them in yeah are we allowed to talk about others that are other McDonald Hall characters or is it only Bruno and Boots? Well, what do you think is going to happen if you do talk about others? Could get reported. Like, like right. you know, you can report a podcast. Yeah. I think. Misleading content or false spreading false information or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we could chance it but let's chance it. don't be don't report us <laughs> yeah do not hit report don't, don't report us we would never last in jail yeah unless you think the report button is the five stars button then go right ahead just no just check again and click the five <laughs> yeah. stars button instead yeah of yeah button. correct uh these aren't even worth uh going to jail over because they're not that good but <laughs> <laughs> But just looking, or just uh, to mention that there are some Wilbur vibes from Slim Croy, uh, mostly uh, due to his size. 
Yeah. Um, and sort of how that's is like generally is defining characteristic of, is that this is a real big guy that plays the tuba. Yep. yep. Um, I like his name though. It's a good name. Slim That's Croy. a great name. Yeah. And then I thought that uh, if you combined Mr. Gamble and Mr. Morrison, you may have something vaguely resembling the fish. Do you think sort. so? Not really. <laughs> I did put a question mark after. Like there are principles, but. Well, like, I don't know, Gamble wants the place. He has a certain uh, interest in keeping discipline and yeah. everyone in line that the fish shares. But Morrison has a love for his students that the fish also has. Okay. All right. I'm buying it. Yes. <laughs> um but yeah honestly like more sort of unique characters than we're used to yeah oh definitely it's yeah it's very clear as i kind of said hinted at before that this is like uh if any of the other books we read this is sort of like a clear marker of like a different style of writing and a different type of character and plot than had come before it's his bar mitzvah book. He became yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like any of the other books, if you had read two of them, you would know for sure it's the same author. Right. This one, I don't think you would know. Yeah. Unless you saw that racy cover. <laughs> right. Okay, now it's time for This Can't Be Happening at McDonald Hall in 2021, where we talk about how the book would be different if it took place in 2021. This can't be happening at McDonald Hall or don't care high in 2021. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, so I took a very don't care high approach to this question and did not give it any thought. Great. But I, I mean, for the Mike presidential campaign or not the campaign, but for once he's, once they're trying to gain support mm -hmm. of Mike, like once he's in office and then once they're trying to get him back in office, yeah, certainly they would utilize social media for that. Yep, yep, yep. Without saying, um, could probably have used the internet to find out a bit more about the Otis family, like when they're trying to figure out like mm -hmm. what his deal is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, even I'm sure like Mike wouldn't be on social media, but uh, you know, just through the internet. Uh, and you know, Mike's got a sister, I think, or mm -hmm. a sibling of some kind that they could probably, you know, you know how it is, do a little investigation, a little sleuthing, a little sleuthing to figure some stuff out. Yeah, uh, that's all I really wrote. Uh, apologies for lack of effort on this one. No, 100%. That is also what I wrote. I wrote social media, and then I also said, along the similar lines, that he's like probably would be less able to give the school fake information mm -hmm. um but yeah that's it i don't really think technology would have changed that much yeah also i'll just mention it now in case the entire pod is ruined 
but they're doing some real loud construction right outside the window I'm recording in. It's crazy loud for me, but I'm hoping it is not audible for you, <laughs> a listener. So write in and let us know if you can hear it, but uh, <laughs> these are the same guys who've been working on the Zucchini HQ. Yeah, the problem is if it's like very bad throughout the pod, we're not going to re-record this. So oh, no. It's just going to uh, be like an episode you skip. Yep. So well, let's just hope for the best. But if you're still here, thanks for sticking with, with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're still here, you know what segment it is. Elmer Drimsdale Memorial Award, where we talk about our favorite side characters and we grant a very prestigious award to our fave. Drim, 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 drim. Elmer Drimsdale Memorial Award. Very nice. That's like I'm gonna... trying to put you to sleep. Yeah, I was. Go- that was good. I was going to join in the like, I thought maybe it was sort of the doo-wop harmonies. Oh, that would have been great. Going, drim, drim, and I was going to go like, drim, drim, drim or something. Yeah, that would have been good, except for the Zoom timing would have been messed up. But oh, it yeah. would have been good if it was like a round, like merrily we roll along. We're like, I move on to the next line and you're going drim, drim, drim. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't steal, don't waste all these ideas. Probably want to do them. (laughs) The next time we get together in person, let's work on our Elmer Drimsdale round. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I thought maybe I would just mention a few side characters. Um, Okay. We talked about some, you know, Wayno, he's always late. We got Feldstein, the locker baron. We got Slim Croy. Uh, We haven't mentioned Daphne. Mm-hmm. who's um, Paul's beautiful lab partner. That's right. Her only characteristic is that she's beautiful. Have you noticed there haven't been any other female characters <laughs> in the book? And the one we have, her characteristic is that she's beautiful. What about Auntie Nancy? She's like off screen <laughs> character and the mom is just negligent. But according yeah. to the book, there's like some faceless triplets on the basketball team and then and Daphne. Ah, La Paz triplets. Yeah. There's a couple of funny moments with the La Paz triplets, I thought. Yeah, they're all wearing the number three at the basketball game. Yeah. And when they all like take each other's exams. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like classic trip. I mean, I think if you're a triplet and you're not doing that. Yeah. Reevaluate some stuff. Wasting your, yeah. Wasting your trips. Wasting the trips. Um, all right. Should I give you my pick? Do you want to give yeah. me you give me yours okay and then i'll give you mine great great decision here's my pick and to be honest there was no contest for me Mm. it's feldstein Mm -hmm. is it because he has a jewish name no it's not it's because he's so funny (laughs) as the locker baron he's really really funny it's like a, a just a totally genius character reminded me of someone who would be on recess yeah yeah i had oh i thought that as well yeah he's just like it's such a great idea but and it could have easily been like i don't know it could have gone in a lot of different ways but i love the choice that gordon made where like feldstein is just like crazily mature but there's like a lot of moments where you think feldstein's gonna freak out and it's just kind of like a no hard feelings don't worry about it 
kind of guy. Like some grade nines try to like challenge him. And he's like, listen, they don't know any better. Like, forget it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really like, true. Like they, like they gave him, a, yeah, they gave him a lot of opportunities to be the villain of the book and he right. wasn't at all. Exactly. And he's just like, a t- even though he seems unreasonable because of his like whole favors weird thing, he's like, just see, is actually totally reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. So in addition to being funny, he just has this like kind of interesting sign to him where he's just like a cool dude. Yeah, I think he's for sure one of the most interesting characters in any Corman book we've read so yeah. far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely one of the most unique for sure. So that's my pick. Nice. That isn't who I picked, although it probably is who I think. I thought you would probably pick that and I wanted to pick someone else who I also liked a lot Okay. Um, that you haven't mentioned when you listed <gasps> those side characters. Oops. Uh, no, that's just fine. I'm glad because it allows me to mention him for the first time. Uh, Peter Eversley is I don't my even remember. I don't remember who that is. <laughs> he is the guy that's addicted to licorice oh. and has a, kind of a funny and extensive vocabulary, sort of like an eloquent stoner type character. Right. That's like waxes poetically about mundane things and is always eating licorice and i like that he calls it stick yeah i was remembering that he calls it stick and i do yeah and he like off pete uh has a sorry not pete uh paul has a like a certain portion of his uh time when he's upset where he gets addicted to stick because of pete (laughs) (laughs) uh and yeah just some of the some of the lines peter says are are pretty funny and uh i don't know the licorice thing really made me laugh a lot um yeah that's a great thing yeah so and he seemed it was like you know pretty obscure which i'm into when it comes to picking favorite characters yeah uh so it the right answer is probably is feldstein or almost certainly is but peter eversley deserves mention so i thought i would select him great great pick thanks okay now it's time for room 306 where we ask each other a couple of dumb questions each (laughs) vroom (laughs) 306 (laughs) is vroom instead of room yeah and the 306, 306 is the horsepower. Oh, <laughs> okay. Pretty weird. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Um, I suppose I can ask you the first question. Hit me with it. Okay. What percentage of these don't care high kids are getting into university? Two, 2%. 2%. I'm basing that almost entirely just on the timetables that they have. There, <laughs> right. are, there are requirements you got to hit. You know, you need a grade 12. English. Oh, true. Yeah. You, need, you know, that type of stuff. You need to apply. And also <laughs> right. they're, in, they're in America. So they also have to have taken like the SAT. They got to be, they got to be writing essays. 
paying lots of money probably to apply. So I'm going to change that to 1%. Right. Just one. I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but uh, it's surprising that no parents would want to pull their kids out of this high school. Yeah, I think uh, maybe they don't care high energy like washes off on them. They get like a second hand don't care high just enough to not care enough to take their kids out. Yeah, I guess so. But it's weird because like Sheldon's parents seem normal. Mike's parents are normal. Uh, Paul's, yeah, Paul's parents are normal-ish. But they also like, they don't care that they never are hearing from the school. Right, true. That there's like no um, extracurriculars happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously that's sort of part of the fantasy of the school is that these things are unimportant, but it's just interesting to think about. Well, what percentage do you think you're getting in? Like, what's your answer? Oh, yeah, like the same. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe in this universe, there is no university, you know? Yeah, that's true. Or they, or maybe they all get accepted to don't care university. Uh, that's good. That's real good. Yeah. All right. Here's my first question for you. What do you look for in a locker? Oh, I'm sort of upset you're asking this because Uh this sort of uh, bleeds into my uh, report card, but I can uh, I can separate. uh, Oh no, I can already see what's happening, which is we've got another camp situation in which (sighs) an arbitrary scale. No, it's not arbitrary. I did it very scientifically. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Uh, but uh, so, you can change okay. my I, question if you want. I I have I can think of a new one. Um. Oh. Okay. Ask your second question first, and then well, I'm going to ask my backup question now because I'd okay. like my second question to be my second question. Okay, I understand. So my backup question is: Oh, he's going to sneeze. Don't do it on the pod. Don't sneeze. Oh, if you guys could see. Oh, wow. Great job. He really buried it in the clip of his arm. You guys didn't hear a thing. His face is so red from the exertion, though. <laughs> that was cool. That was like a little play-by-play. Yeah, I'm going to need right. a moment. To collect yourself. No editing. So we just got to narrate the sneezes as they happen. Yeah, you know? totally. Okay, so I, I'm ready for your question. Which character, this is similar to the Elmer Grimsdale Memorial Award, but you'll notice it's not the same. Which mm-hmm. character would you take to prom? Am I me in this situation? You, yes, you're you. And you're going to prom and you can take one of the characters from this book. Oh. Um, I have two answers. Okay, Talk, talk us through them. Okay, so the first is... I mean, not the most creative answer, but hard to not take Daphne based on descriptions of her beauty and, you know, general uh, just being very attractive for, you know, 
But my other answer you might have liked a bit more. Uh -huh. um, although she is 6'1", and I'm a very uh, not tall guy. So that, I don't know. I feel like people are always just going to be like, that girl's very tall and he's not very tall. But I would still take her to prom, I think. But my other answer is you might, I can almost guarantee you haven't heard of this person because they are mentioned <gasps> only once. This could be the, the basis of my second question. Oh my Scary God. Scary person. Um, my answer is Seth Birnbaum. Oh no. Only member <laughs> of the chess team. <laughs> that is the, uh, yeah, he was the. No way. <laughs> why do we keep doing this to ourselves? We're the same guy. That's why. That's crazy. Yeah. So Seth Birnbaum is only mentioned through the announcements um, as the only guy that tried out for the chess team or only guy on the chess team. Yep. And uh, I just, feel he's like shown school spirit and there's just no focus on him whatsoever even in passing in the hallways nothing and I'm, I'm feeling for the guy great great picks so sorry to ruin your second question when you were yeah, doing you ruined, you ruined both my questions so and uh, you did me a personal favor of yeah. changing your question yeah sure did uh, yikes rough stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess I should I ask my second question? Yeah, I'll try not to F it up for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay. Now that Mike's gone, do things go back to the way they were at DCH? Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, man. I mean, there's just so many theories. Like one is if there is something like weird scientifically about like the atmosphere and don't care high then almost certainly it does right but on the other hand like now they have a basketball team so maybe like the basketball team keeps playing yeah yeah you know? and paul you know paul and uh sheldon are still there and they're gonna hopefully yeah, they motivate. things up yeah yeah so that's possible i wonder if paul and sheldon would really be like still trying to milk mike and like be doing mm. things in Mike's honor, like, oh, we got a letter from Mike. He wants us to do this, like, yeah, this in smart. Mike's memory. But like, how long can that last? You know. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it an interesting question. It's a great question. It's a great question. Thank you. Um, I like to think things go back to the way that they were, but every so often, like maybe. A, uh, it's like a new school year and like an upperclassman will like say something about Mike and then like a grade nine will be like who's Mike and then someone will be like have like a faint memory but it'll like sort of like slip away oh wow that's beautiful yeah tragic and beautiful yeah that's what I've got for you I like it okay so here's a question you won't see coming probably didn't notice it oh no <laughs> and i specifically mentioned that you wouldn't have noticed this guy there's one member of the chess club a member of the tribe as well seth birnbaum and my question to you is can you tell us a bit more about seth birnbaum yeah so listen seth loves chess yeah. Is he the best chess player? I don't care how, yes, he is. But in general, I'd say he's 
slightly below average, but you know what? He's having trouble making friends and his, uh, his mom said, Sethi, try out for the chess team. That's uh, <laughs> that's a good way to meet other smart kids. And so he agreed because he loves his mom and there is no one on the team. And now he's stuck on it because the chess uh, team teacher is super excited to have someone on the team. Right. So now he's spending his, you know, Thursday afternoons playing chess with this teacher every week. And, uh, you know, he doesn't hate it. He's, uh, you know, they probably get like some cheese puffs to munch on. Right. And, uh, you know, it beats going to uh, bar mitzvah lessons. So he's, uh, I think he's pretty content. Does he, you know, does he wish that Paul and Sheldon and the rest of the gang gave him a bit more attention? Yeah, he probably wishes that. Is yeah. he too nervous to ask out Cindy Schwartz to the prom? Probably, yes. Mm-hmm. Another person mentioned in the book, although I can't remember what she really does. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think Seth's going to be all right. Yeah, wow. That was great. It made me a little sad for Seth. Mm-hmm. But I like that he's, you know, he's okay. And it made me, uh, it made me rethink my previous answer and i feel like a great sequel to don't care high would be like the whole school just really gets behind seth and the <laughs> yeah and they just yeah. go bonkers at the state chess tournament i like that and his I mom like can't believe it our sethy is the most popular <laughs> voice <laughs> yeah exactly their grandparents are plotting yeah i think it could be good booby and baby are coming to watch (laughs) yeah yeah oh this has got a lot of potential this has got a lot of legs (laughs) i I think so all right good uh good questions it's a controversial question round some things were said some hard feelings Uh, it's a mark of, you know, a good podcast relationship is you just, you dust yourself off, you get back up and you just go to the next segment. It's report card time, everybody. Everyone's favorite segment when we grade the book and I come up with a uh, original and rock solid rating scale and Ash will just kind of do whatever he wants and sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it definitely doesn't (laughs) yeah accurate report card time it's report card time get your reports file the report pick up your report it's report card time that was one of my faves oh thanks i had a good rhythm just off the dome um i'm dying for you to go first because i'm so nervous about your proposed locker scale and i'm sure it's going to begin with like archery everyone or whatever so you better go okay no problem so as i hinted at i have my uh, rating system here is based on the best place for your locker to be on a scale down to the worst place for your locker to be right i have eight locations um and i believe this to be uh gospel i don't expect any disagreements from you (laughs) i I have uh 
I can get, get into as much reasoning as you want, or I can just list the locations. I have like a couple words for some, for why it's good or bad. I would imagine that you're going to have to give an explanation. For each. <laughs> okay. So here's my scale. So the first one I say is the best. Yeah. Okay. okay. Best worst. Okay. So from the top near your first class, then we got near your last class. Yep. Then we got close to a side door. Then we got main floor in the middle of things, but not super close to the main amenities. <laughs> then we got near the calf. Yeah. And we got near the front door. Why is the side door better than the front door? Front door, very crowded. Side right. door, only those with a locker near there use it. Ah, okay, good. Go on. So far, very smart. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then near the gym could be smelly. Yep. Then the worst place is close to where the smokers hang. Yeah. Extra smelly. Yeah. That is my rating. I think it's mostly pretty clear why things are the way they are. And I think you'd agree that it's all accurate. I wanted to hate it. And, but actually I love it. I think that that is, <laughs> there's, there's absolutely nothing anyone can say about that. That is. Thank you. I put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> uh, maybe miss nostalgic for high school. And yeah. Lockers. I would have loved it though. If it was just like specific to our high school where you're like, number one, <laughs> Comtech hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, if I could remember all. Yeah. I would have, I should have done that. You're right. Um, but that's if we had gone to the same high school as Gordon Corman, which he almost oh, did, but not yeah, quite, um, I would have for sure done that. Yeah. That was really good. Really, really good. Thank so you. can't wait to hear where don't care high is going to fall. <laughs> Okay, Will it be so, near the calf? Will it be near the side? Will it be near a calf? Yeah. Will it be near the side? <laughs> I don't know. We just know until now when I tell you. It is between those two you mentioned, actually. It is on the main floor in the middle of things, but not super close to the main amenities. Right. So what's that out is, of eight? That is four out of eight. Okay. So right in the middle there. Yep. Um and so the, the reason also you want a main floor in the middle of things, not super close to the main amenities locker is of course, because then you sort of are in the middle of things, you know, you're not, you're going to see your friends, be able to chat. You don't feel excluded at the end of the day or the start of the day, but you're also not dealing with super crowding. If you're super close to the calf or gym or front door and the various smells that go along with it. Right. So it's really a, a solid, but not amazing locker location. Yep. And uh, so the reason I selected main floor for don't care high is I'll start with the good. The good is that I, some of it was really funny. Uh, the announcements, which was covered is super funny. Any exchanges basically with students and teachers in class are really funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the Felsing stuff is good. The Wayno stuff is really good too. Um, I, so there's lots of moments where I was like, this is legitimately very funny and like, not just for kids funny, like this is funny stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of good. I will say that I, part of the reason it took us so long to record in addition to like all our, you know, personal changes, uh, I could not read more than three pages without falling asleep. I just <laughs> fell asleep 
honestly 100 times <laughs> reading this book and I would like go back and reread the same page like 10 times for what I don't know if it's you know I do better when I'm, it's on a book not a computer so that's part of it but uh, I couldn't get into the flow of it really very well right I also found there it isn't really like a plot that like is interesting yep. it's more about it's more of like a mood than a plot it's like a Richard Linklater movie where it's like not as important what the plot is you're just like hanging out with these guys which is oh it's fine and I like most of the characters but I was like not it wasn't a page turner for me or like I want to see what happens next because the plot is like incidental and then we covered this before but like it really loses points with the subplots that none of them go anywhere and they're not funny and they're not interesting and yeah they have no relevance so it was like, I only have three pages before I fall asleep and I'm wasting two of them on Paul driving with his dad. It's <laughs> never going to be mentioned again. Uh, so that that's honestly like where it loses its biggest marks for me. Uh, so like a good book, um, not one of his all-time classics, yeah. but I, I'm glad I read it um, and I would probably read it again one day but not anytime super soon yeah yeah great well reasoned yeah it's interesting as you were talking I was thinking to myself like I actually enjoyed it way more when I was going through it a second time to type up my notes Mm -hmm. and was therefore skipping all the dumb stuff yeah all driving and all that and I was like oh yeah that's that's really (laughs) fun like you know but the first time when I was reading it 100% I felt the same way as you I was like oh my god I don't care what happens next. I cannot get into the flow of this. I don't, the garbage strike does not (laughs) seem to be affecting anything at all. Um, Yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, I got a scale for you. Mm -hmm. When I say that, I mean, I have a scale for you. Love this. (laughs) This scale is called the mate's reboot rating rating system wow please continue so for those of you who don't know and if you don't know buckle up for some life changing <laughs> information i'm about to lay down for you world's greatest podcast has been rebooted and you might be thinking shira you are you have a podcast you're talking on a podcast right now you're going to call another podcast the world's greatest podcast yes yes i am Mates, also known as Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. That podcast started in 2015, 2016. Uh, maybe maybe early. I think earlier. 2016, but yeah, maybe it was like 24. Oh, you know what? I think it was an undergrad. So I think it started in like... I think it was... 20... Must have I think it was like 20... No, I think it was... Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was look at like really early. Yeah, it was real early. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. maybe like 2010, 2011. Yeah, when, I, I agree. I think actually like it's over 10 years old. Yeah, I think you're right. I, anyway, so it's it was an OG podcast. Mike okay, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Uh, so they, I think it's 2010. They did the very cherry one in 2011. So it's either 2010 or 2011. Right, 10 or 2011. And they stopped in 2016 at 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. And Michael Ian Black, Tom Cavanaugh, they eat snacks, pick a snack, eat a snack, rate a snack, the purse system. Uh, I don't need to say anymore. Go find it. You'll never hear anything more brilliant. Yeah. But so they recently relaunched, right? This, this is what I'm about to say. They've okay, rebooted. Okay. They've rebooted. Yeah. 
there are there are seven episodes out now. They just released the seventh one. And um, I mean, the greatest news anyone has ever heard, as far as I'm concerned, Mates Reboot. So remember, it's called the Mates Reboot Rating Rating System. So this is a scale based on their combined ratings for the snacks that have been done so far. Oh, this is interesting. But I didn't, I didn't do the most recent episode because I didn't know if you'd listened yet. So we're just going to have a scale out of six. So the first okay. six episodes of the reboot. So starting at yeah. the lowest, a- AKA the locker by where the smokers hang out. You yes. got your cars, table, water crackers. So again, I combined the Mike and Tom's ratings to get them. Uh-huh. So it's cars, table, water crackers at the bottom Then Swedish fish, M&Ms, peanut M&Ms, Stacy's pita chips, pistachios. So pistachios is the top. That's your zucchini warriors, AKA okay. your, what was it? Locker. Uh, locker near your first class. class. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing about this book. As you said, I think pretty funny, a lot of good jokes, morning announcements, all that stuff. It's pretty funny. As we said, the flow is awful. Mm-hmm. The flow is terrible. It is so hard to get into this book. The other thing I didn't like is that I'm just really annoyed coming out of Bugs Potter and into this. I am really annoyed with Corman's female characters. Mm-hmm. Like Daphne, it was just like so annoying to have like the one vaguely main female character just be that she is like gorgeous and that is her defining trait. Feldstein. Make Feldstein a girl. Make Paul a girl. Make Sheldon a girl. Girls mm. go to high school and they <laughs> have lives and things happen to them and they care about things. So yeah, I wish Feldstein was a girl now that you said it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it was just it's just frustrating, especially coming out of the debacle of um, Bugs Potter live at the Nick and Ninny. Mm-hmm. So I really loved the like premise. I thought the premise was really unique and interesting. I thought the characters were really fun. Although I didn't really care about Paul, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. Paul is a main character, don't really care about, but all the other characters were pretty fun. So I'm giving this one an M&M's. That's a three out of six, as you okay. have it. Right in the middle. Yeah. It's fine. If people were like, you know, what do you think about Don't Care High? I'd be like, yeah, you should read that. Mm-hmm. It, it, shouldn't be your, it shouldn't be your first Corman introduction. Oh, no, it should not be your first Corman introduction. I would say I would recommend this book if you were looking for a non-McDonald Hall golden era book and you had already read Our Man Weston, I Want to Go Home, and No Points, Please. <laughs> <laughs> right, of the ones we've read so far. Right, correct. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, but if, if people were like, I want a book in New York City with an interesting premise written by mm. Gordon Corman, I'd be like, I got it. Yeah. It's no coins, please. But the other book I'll recommend <laughs> yeah. to you is Don't Care High. Yeah. The one, one thing, sorry to jump in here, but you just made me think of it, yeah. is that may actually be what bugged me the most, is the premise is so good. Yeah, it, that it has the potential to be like an amazing book. Yeah, because I think the like the premise is really smart, and the like atmosphere is super good. And like we said, it like sort of feels like sci-fi in a way. Like you yeah. don't know who this Mike guy is. Everyone's like acting like they're like not normal humans. Um, 
but just the premise is brilliant. And then it's like an average book. Right. Yeah. It's just, it seemed like there are some points where you feel a bit let down. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the rating system though. It's uh, very near and dear to me. And uh, when, yeah, when you're done listening to our podcast, you can go check that one out. uh, And then you'll have two favorite podcasts. That's it. And tell them we sent you. Maybe we can do a little crossover. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. Tell them you were sent by the Zucchini Warriors. (laughs) Um, And then... uh, and then they can try zucchini sticks as their snack and oh, rate it. That would be good. Yeah. Mr. Zucchini. Yeah. Would certainly, certainly get a low rating. Oh, yeah. But if they had the mom zucchini soup. Oh, yeah. Top. That's, top getting, that's up there with Oreos and Cheetos and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's a locker near your first class, folks. <laughs> Okay, time for our final segment, Our Man Corman, where we tweet Gordon Corman live on the air. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'll think of a jingle now. You can do it. Our Man Corman, what's his name? It's Gordon. So why isn't it Our Man Gordon Corman? Because it's just better to do Corman and also because of the book, Our Man Weston. So that is why we do it. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) You're a a natural songwriter. Yeah, I understand how those things work, you know, with the fitting the syllables into the lines and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just laughing just before I started that because uh, my notes are like written over our original notes. We're coming up with ideas for segments. Uh-huh. So for this one, it says in brackets, we should maybe consider making a Twitter account for the podcast. Oh, it's yeah. The biggest noob thing to write. Like we are pretty much fame. Like we have a huge Twitter following now. Blue yeah, check left and right. Yeah. Uh, so it's just uh, the we fact regularly that we, trend. We regularly. Trend. Yeah. So we were didn't even have one. when We came up with this uh, crazy segment so anyway um okay so we have thought of of a tweet to send to gordon corman so do you want to tell us what that tweet is it's a little inside baseball for you says hey at gordon corman how much did thornley secondary school inspire don't care high hashtag locker 205c now if you're listening for the first time you may not know that us co-hosts not the third co-host, but the original two co-hosts attended the same elementary school as Gordon Corman. And our sisters attended the high school that Gordon Corman went to. And that's how we know what high school he went to. Yeah. And we went to sort of a rival high school in the same city. Right. Same town. Um, So, and we lived near. It had a Comtech hallway, if you want a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Big time clue right there. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, we knew people that went to Thornley, yeah, and, and we lived near it, so it's like we know it. It's, it's in our definitely in our interests to hear about his experiences right. at Thornley. And as I was uh, saying to Shira off off camera here, off pod, <laughs> <laughs> is that I, you know, when I was uh, just googling "Don't Care High," 
see if I could find any fun facts. He was quoted in some article or review or something about how you have to, in his high school experience, he had to laugh to survive or something like that. So we feel like there's some stories. Yeah, he definitely has some stories from high school um, that, so hopefully we're not uh, bringing up any memories that aren't super fond for him, but uh, we'd be interested to know how it affected his writing. Yep. So I'm going to send it. Hit send. Don't forget to like and retweet that so he sees it. Um, yes. And uh, if you went to Thornley Secondary School, <laughs> let us know. Write in and tell us if it is a lot like Don't Care High because we didn't yeah. And tell us where your locker was there. Oh, great idea. <laughs> hit us hit us on Twitter with uh, where your locker was and where you most wanted it to be. Yeah, that'd actually be good to know. And also, I guess you should tell us, you know, what you thought of the book, if you've read it. Yeah. Could be interesting. What you thought about the pod. What you thought yeah. about mates. <laughs> yeah. All that good stuff. Well, this has been fun. I'm so glad to be uh, to be reunited. Mm-hmm. Really good. What's uh, what's next? What's on the uh, horizon for us there? <laughs> I love when you do the fake. <laughs> it's I'm so a pro. Oh, do it one more time. Just give me like a different. Just do another take. Okay. Uh, so yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of reuniting, uh, looking forward to what's next for us. What can we? What can the fans expect? Okay, a bit belabored. I like the first one better. Um, well, because that was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just giving some feedback. Even the best material for a second. I don't think I'm going to be doing a second take. You know what? That's wise because when I tried to save the best material for second, it got totally. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you, Ash, what we got up next. Yeah, Son please. of Interflux. Son of wow. Interflux. I. In my imagination, because I know zero, this book takes place in outer space. Okay. Uh, I also have not read it, which I know people get upset about when we have no clue of what these f- famous Corman books are. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading his first book set in outer space, quite frankly. Yeah, can't wait. I imagine, I'm picturing like it's outer, in outer space and there's aliens who are blue. Okay, and are they, uh, is the main alien Interflux, and then it's about his son, or is that like a race of alien? Um, I think it's a planet. I think Interflux is Oh, yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but it, the, in my mind, it's like a really like 90s cartoony looking alien. It has like a little like bubble over his head, and it's got okay. like little like uh, antenna guys sticking out, and his skin is blue. And he's bald. Okay. He has no hair. Sound similar to like a, the Mars Attacks alien, maybe. I wouldn't know. Obviously, that movie was too scary for me to watch. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, Son of Interflux is next. And we know um, that there have been rumblings. A couple of people have expressed some interest in wanting to co-host that episode. Um, reminder, there's uh, we have a GoFundMe and we have lots of reward tiers. If you want to get your name mentioned on the podcast, if you want to ask us a question... Uh, you can donate to the GoFundMe and I'll unlock those rewards. And the highest level is to become a Zucchini Warrior and uh, be a co-host. So if you are interested in doing the Son of Interflux episode, uh, DM us on Twitter and we will arrange it. Um, now, Shira, if someone wanted to support the GoFundMe, how could they do so? Where could they find it? Great question, Ash. 
Well, if you want to support the GoFundMe, you can find that link on our Twitter in our bio. You can also just Google Zucchini Warriors GoFundMe. And, and what, <laughs> what would you say our Twitter handle is? What would I say it is? Like if you were giving the correct answer. Oh, okay. If I'm giving the correct uh, Twitter handle, it is at Zucchini Warpod. Wait, can it at Zucchini Warpod? At Zucchini Warpod. I just wasn't sure because I wasn't sure if I was giving the correct one or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ask for the correct one. It's at <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let us know if you want Son of Interflux. Uh, after Son of Interflux, I believe we're doing a semester in the life of a garbage bag. And after that, if um, we are still around, we are doing Radio Fifth Grade, which I have read and you have not. Isn't that right? That is correct. Because I once tried to make a Radio Fifth Grade joke because it's like relative, like it's relevant to the podcast because it's like all about recording radio and you had no idea what I was talking about. As it's true. It was an embarrassing moment for me. And it was a shocking and upsetting moment for me. Especially because we owned the book, so I had no reason not to read it. Big time owned the book. Big time. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's our episode. Um, that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening, and thank you for sticking with us. We know it was a pretty long break between episodes, so we hope to get back to a more uh, frequent routine here but it does take us a while to read these books also you know scholastic is doing us no favors by not sending us any books for free yeah. so we gotta like scour the dark web to find like pdfs of these books so if you want to help us out like send us the book maybe what about that yeah send us the book if you want us to read it for crying out loud <laughs> yeah you expect us to just talk to you about these books you won't even give us the book to read they just are hoarding all these books. We can't find them. There's people are sleeping on like piles of copies yeah. of Son of Interflux, and we have zero. We have zero. the The cost is as high as it's going to get. So start releasing those copies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying give us the first edition. Uh, we'll what take is the it? third edition. Yeah, we'll take paperbacks here, folks. Oh, we'd love a paperback. <laughs> you think we want a hardcover? We do not. No, nah, too heavy way too heavy plus price of postage no thank you but remember we're gonna need two copies because we need two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sent to two separate locations but so um if you do get a package in the mail and i can do you want me to try <laughs> yeah i'm so bad at these so uh if you were sheldon showing paul around New York City, and you happened upon a, uh, you know, a Red Lobster or some something more uh, local to New York, but it was a uh, you know a place where you get food from the sea. What uh, what might be the advice you might give to a first time eater there? Why is it like a riddle? <laughs> it has to be always must be a riddle. It's never been like this before. <laughs> well, I can't go back now. You're right. I shouldn't have drawn attention, but why aren't they checking the mail? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what they'll say. Beware, Beware the fish. fish. 